Hi guys and welcome back to the On Track Mind podcast. Now this is like the first episode in like years. We are joined by the world's fastest road racer. You've probably heard his name too many times to count and it's Hickman. Thank you for spending your time with me. That's right. No Not problem at all. exciting thing. <laughs> so we are at Thruxton at the moment and you've just done your first race. Give us like a rundown of today before we go into the nitty gritty. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thruxton's obviously been a really good circuit for myself right from... Uh, I started my career actually, so it's been a really, really good circuit for me. I've been having a bit of a tough time with things in BSB the last few rounds, mm-hmm. not been great. Brands was a little better, and then this weekend, same again, we're a little bit better than what we were at Brands. So finished 10th today, uh, only 5.8 seconds off the win, so not a yeah. million miles away, um, and really in the group with up to 6, yeah. so 6th to 10th to where I was, or actually to 12th it was, but um, was all together. So yeah. in a much better position. Uh, like I say, normally this would be a really good circuit for me, so I'd probably be a lot further or cl- closer to the front. Yeah. However, coming off the back of where we've been the last few rounds, I'm content enough. Yeah. Not happy, but content yeah. enough with, with where we're sailing through it. Yeah. Because I, I was watching, and I was quite, you were kind of on your own for quite a while. Mm. And then out of nowhere, like the last three laps, you just like got three places. So. Yeah, I mean, Thruxton's are really, it's such an oddball track. You've really got to think about the tyre life. And yeah. it makes such a big difference towards the end of the race. And normally, the, anyone who's fast at the start doesn't make the end of the race. So I was trying to, I, I knew the lap time that I could do, and I just sat at the lap time I was doing rather than thinking about what everyone else was doing. And that's why, towards the end of the race, everyone came back to me. Wasn't quite enough today, but today's a sprint race. So mm-hmm. it's six laps shorter than what tomorrow races so are. So by the time you get to the point you did today at the last laps, you'll be. Exactly. So I just started to, uh, to overtake, well, two out of the, of the six in the pack. And if, if we had another six laps, I'm pretty sure I'd have carried on going forward. So um, let's see what tomorrow brings. Yeah, interesting. Right, so story of how you sort of came into racing and stuff. Mm. If you want to give us a debrief, but I know in quite a few podcasts you have gone through yeah. it and, you know, I don't want to keep asking the same questions. So. No worries. A small synopsis of how I yeah. got into racing. Uh, Dad used to race back in the 70s, racing against Barry Sheen, Kenny Roberts, did some Grand Prix. Won a Manx Grand Prix, won a British Championship, that sort of stuff. Uh, had a major accident at the end of 79 or middle of 79 uh, didn't come out of hospital until 81 so he was in oh hospital for 18 months stretch that he did um, when he came out he couldn't race anymore because of all the body damage so he became he was already a mechanic and an engineer anyway became development engineer and mechanic for lots of other teams mm. British Championship teams uh, 125 and 250 Grand Prix teams yeah. All the way through the 80s and then early 90s, so it was a massive part of the Rotary Norton project as well, to end of 80s, early 90s. So I grew up around it. I was born at the, in 87, so a little bit later. So yeah, um, I grew up around it. He didn't want me to go racing, so yeah. he wouldn't let me have a bike, even though I always obviously said I wanted it. He retired in 96, so I'd have been nine, and then moved away from where we lived because everyone brought vehicles, bikes, whatever broke down because they knew he was a mechanic, they just brought it to him instead of the garage and then... So he'd wake up and on the drive there'd be yeah, like a bike. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, and then my dad would just fix it and he was a rubbish businessman, um, so we just kind of pretty much did it for free for everyone, but got fed up of it so when he did retire, we moved to the east coast because um, they love the beach and they love the seaside and all that, and that's why we always went on holiday was was in the UK, we never went abroad or anything like that, mm. we, we kind of caravanned in the in the UK, that was my, my whole family really are all into caravanning, Okay. almost well, no, we're not gypsies, but yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, you um, still live in your motorhome. I mean, I'm living in my now, so I'm, I'm nearly there, aren't I? But um, yeah, we always did caravan in holiday. That yeah. was our thing. So we we went to the East Coast, got away from everyone who knew anything about racing or knew what my dad could have. Like whole life changed. Yeah, like, basically. Refresh. Yeah, so I was then about 10 by the time we moved. Um, kind of forgot about racing for a while. Really? And, yeah, and then he pushed me into football, cricket, golf, darts. My anything, a football cricket player. Yeah, anything high wage, low risk, that was what he was kind of pushing right. me towards. But so then, he went for the high risk, low wage. Yeah, he, t- he brought me to Cadwell, BSB round actually. So his um, gopher helper when he w- that was a kid when he was running teams was then team manager for, for Honda, Honda UK, right, okay. which was Castrol Honda at the time. Oh, okay. Um, and he took, took me along as a, I was probably only 11, I was, I was 11 years old at the time. And... Pretty Super Team Challenge was running back then. Casey Stoner, Chaz Davies, Cal Crutchlow, Chris Jones, all them sort of names. And it came over the tannoy, our 12-year-old Casey or whatever it was. And I was like, 12? 12, that's I, me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm 11. I can do that <laughs> next year. There's like absolutely no chance. Oh my so God. 
my answer to that was I went and saved my money. I, I got a pound a week pocket money. That's what I used to get. So I saved it for a whole year till I had 50 Is that quid. that when TVs are still black and white? They might have been, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And internet was not a thing. Um, yeah, and saved my money till I had 50 quid and went and bought a bike without telling him. Hit it around the back of the house. Eventually got found. It was an AR50 Kawasaki. Eventually got found. Uh, and then after he bollocked me, he then decided if I was going to do it anyway, he would teach me the right way. Yeah. Here we are now. Yeah. So sort of coming on from that, you started in BSB, sort of like wandering through. Yeah, well, I started club racing, and then yeah. and then and then got myself into into BSB British Championship. I did Superstock Cup in 2004. Um, as a 17-year-old, I missed the first round because I was 16. You have to be 17 to race a thousand cc bike in Britain, but I won the championship even as a 17-year-old. Okay. And um, the year after was was in Superstock Main Championship. And then I went into Superbike from 2006. So 2006. I've been I've been racing in British Superbike since 2006 with only one year off. Oh my god! Yeah. So for a while you were sort of floating around, like especially yeah. around like 2015, I want to say there was like 14. It was yeah. 14 before you obviously went over with Lee Hardy, mm. and you were in with Kawasaki. That was before, wasn't it? No. So I'm. My I... timeline isn't very good. I can't <laughs> lie. It's been a long day. I've um. Yeah, I was kind of floating around in and out of teams, this, that, the other. I had one year out of Superbike and I rode in my own team, with my, just me and my dad and a, and a, a real good sponsor of ours, um, out, just out of the back of a van. Finished third in the British Superstock Championship in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, dad built the bike in a shed uh, out the back of the house and we finished third <laughs> in the British Championship on it, which was, which was pretty cool. And then back into Superbike, 2011 had a real strong year. 12 had a bit of a dodgy year. 13 was an average year. I finished 11th in the championship, so I wasn't horrendously nice. rubbish, but I wasn't amazing either. Yeah, and you were still sort of coming through. You weren't like a factory supporting. No, no. and I never actually rode a bike that was capable of winning, really, until 2011. That was the first time I ever rode a British bike that was capable of winning. And I had podiums here. I led the race here at Thruxton. Yeah. Um, and I had a real good year that year. I think I finished 9th in the championship, but with like some ups and downs along the way, as there always is. Yeah. Um, and then from that point onwards, it kind of all went a bit wrong with Kawasaki in 2012. Mm. 13, I rode for GB Racing Honda with Mark Smith Halverson. Uh, had an average year. And I didn't have a ride for the year after because yeah. they, they wanted big money. And the big money was only to get into an average team anyway or an average bike. So you're not going to get anywhere. And I'd done right. all that. I'd yeah. always sat on either an average bike in a in a good team or a good bike but in an average team that didn't have the money to be able to push it properly. And, yeah. It was always it was I never had the full package. So 2014 was the first time I decided to then go road racing, mm-hmm. mainly for the fact that I wanted to keep racing. Yeah. I like racing bikes. I don't care where it is. We go can, around in circles. We can go and race in the car park here. I'd be quite happy. Yeah. So, and I wanted to keep racing at a high level. I could have found the money to come to British Championship, but I was like, for what? I'm just there gonna, wasn't that much. I'm gonna sit mid mid pack again, like not getting anywhere, spending all like. I lived in a motorhome, not this one, but I lived in a motorhome. I had a load of debt that, cause from racing. I didn't own a vehicle. I didn't own anything. I borrowed a van. Like I literally had nothing. So I was trying to think, how can I still go racing? And road racing was not something that I'd really been interested in massively. I'd followed it a lot from from just wanting to watch, but not been interested in racing it. Okay. And then... It kind of came halfway through 13. I went to the TT and really enjoyed myself and did a couple of laps on a bike, did a laps in cars and actually understood more of the course than what I realised because I used to play the PlayStation game loads yeah. as a kid, like loads on the PS2 game. And a lot of it sunk in. Yeah. So I actually understood a lot of the course. So then like a little penny dropped. So I thought, well, actually, if you really wanted to do it, you probably, you know, if you put your mind to it, if you know all this already. You've started to do your homework. Yeah, already. Yeah, it. exactly that. So so that was really where the penny dropped. And then, and then because of what had happened the rest of the year, I was like, well, let's see if I can go and do a bit of road race. Let's see if I can keep racing at a high level. And, and that's where it happened. I went to the Northwest that year. was the fastest ever newcomer until a couple of years ago. Uh, fastest newcomer, obviously, at the TT until last year yeah. when Glenn went. So it stood for eight years. That's mad. Yeah, and I did it on Stocker as well. I never rode a Superbike there, so I just I just rode a Stocker. Um, and yeah, I had, a, I had a good year, but off the back of that, um, obviously we unfortunately lost Simon Andrews. Mm. Um, he was actually a bit of a mate of mine as well. Uh, he was riding for the Lee Hardy racing team. Mm. Uh, we lost him at the Northwest. And then after the TT, people 
I broke the Newcomer lap record and I finished 11th in the senior on a stocker. And people are going, why hasn't this lad got a BSB ride? <laughs> and like almost the fans have got behind me a little bit. Okay. And and off the back of that, things then started to happen. And Simon was obviously racing in the British Championship with the RAF racing team. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't run run anybody at Snetterton, which was their local round. Yeah. But but I had a chat with them. They had a chat with me and said, look, we want to keep racing. Would you like to come ride the bike? Obviously, I said yes. We managed to get some help here, there, and everywhere. And it wasn't costing me anything to go racing for probably the nice first time change. in a long time yet. Because um, even the road racing wasn't free. I had yeah. to pay, you know, I had to pay my tyre bill, I had to pay my fuel bill. So it was still costing money, but it was just nothing like being here in the British Championship. Um, and not looked back since. Won a race that end of that year, yeah. or at Cadwell that year, a couple of months later, uh, and was regularly top six on the old Honda, which wasn't really capable of being anywhere near there. We were beating even the factory team at the time. Yeah. Uh, not looked back since, really. Two years after that, so I finished them with them in 14. We changed to BMW in 15, which was a good move. We had some podiums, went really well at the TT, all with the Lee Hardy racing team. And then I got offered a factory Kawasaki ride for the year after. So, like, going from zero at the beginning of 14 yeah. to three quarters of the way through 15, so just over 18 months later, I went from having no ride and loaded debt to being offered a factory Kawasaki contract. Right. Which was, like, massive turnaround. And what, and what was your mindset? So when you were in that initial, right, with this team, it isn't working, like, I don't really know what to do, like, I have loads of debt, like, what's the next thing going to happen before mm. you went to the TT to sort of be like, let's have a, like, dip my toe in. What were you thinking? Did you think, should I just give up? Like, what, what yeah, was in your head? Never really, in, I'm not a giving up kind yeah. of person. I'm not very, yeah, I'm a bit too stubborn for that. Um, so I never really thought about quitting. Although yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, you may as well quit now. You may as well just go get a normal <sighs> job and all that. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I've already had a normal job. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do before? I've done all sorts, but I was a sheet metal engineer when I first left school. Right. Uh, I did powder coating as well. Right. We're all part of the same company, which is now Evotech, who do a lot of the products that are in the oh, paddock. Yeah. Um, that company is where, where I worked when I left school. I literally left school and went to work the next day because I wanted to go racing, so I needed money, so yeah. I went to work. No college or anything like that. I went straight to work to earn money. Um, I was then a plasterer for a long time. So yeah, I did plastering, tiling, flooring, all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, and then I did van driving for a bit for a mate of mine who's sadly no longer with us, but we were I was driving all over the country for him, um, doing charity shop work, which was interesting. Got to see some sites. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was good fun and then and then eleven to twelve really, which is when I started to actually ride bikes that were capable of being at the front of the championship. Um I tried to I tried to like stop the job and just concentrate on racing because yeah. the biggest problem I had in 2011 in particular, um, you know, I was finishing work at like 1 a.m. in the morning and then on a Wednesday night and then driving here to a racetrack yeah. like two or three hours and then trying to compete with people who were just doing this as a job. Yeah, you and know? have the week to sort of so get them you just, straight. You're never going to beat them. Like you're already. One way or another, you're already drained. Yeah. So you can never be on your absolute peak performance. So 11, 12, I, I kind of realized that. I was riding bikes that were capable in teams that were decent enough but didn't quite get where I wanted. But I, I at least showed some potential. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just a flash in the pan. I actually had some results, like, fairly consistently. Mm. And although 12 was a bad year, I still had some good results along the way. And it, it was after that I was like, I need to be on like making this my job and 13 was the first time I actually made it my job but as an average year that it was and we didn't have the results we wanted um, I've not really had a proper job since apart from setting up my own uh, business that I have now Little Empire yeah, yeah. well I'm trying to <laughs> well you're clearly doing a lot Hickey it... Towers <laughs> trying <laughs> trying um, so my mind's gone blank that's a lot of words Sorry, it's a lot of information. There's <laughs> no, a lot happened in the last 20 odd years. No, it's good. Um, yeah, so when you sort of got picked up by Lee Hardy, obviously, you know, really tragic loss. And coming into that team after, you know, if that hadn't have happened, would you have had the ride? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. No. So, so how did you feel going into it? Obviously, you're going to be excited. You've got this opportunity. You know, it's going to be good for you. But at the same time, you're sort of thinking like, like what yeah, racers don't really think like that, you no. know. We're quite a cold breed of 
people. You have to be. Yeah, you have to be. And and as harsh as it is, life goes on. You know, yeah. it really does. And you know, I was good mates with Simon. Uh, know his dad Stu. You know, and and he was super happy that I was riding the bike that was meant to be for Simon. That, I and bet stuff. that felt so, really nice. So yeah, it actually fitted really well, as as much as as tragic as it was. Yeah. But what's happened is happened, and you can't change that. And there's no point dwelling on it. I guess is the is the probably the best way yeah. of saying it. But it it just worked, and it it was a circumstance that happened. But that's what happened, and mm. an opportunity ended up being there for me, and I managed to make the most of it. And I hope. Simon's at least a bit proud that he <laughs> he helped me one way or another. <laughs> yeah. Well, somehow. But yeah, it's uh, it's just one of them things, isn't it? Yeah. So obviously, there was a time where you didn't have much going on, and you thought, right, let's have a check out of road racing. Mm. You then your first year at the TT, you were twenty-seven. I was, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so how did coming into it at your at the age you were then? Did you sort of look at it differently? Because, you know, you hadn't necessarily grown up thinking, that's what I'm going to do and that's where I'm going to end up. Mm. I'm going to win X amount of trophies. But because some people do and they build up a pressure and they don't get where they want to be. So how do you think your age mm. helped in that? It definitely helps. So the TT is such a massive event for many different reasons. And I actually, me and McGuinness have had this conversation more than once, but we both believe that 18 year olds should not be going to the TT uh, and, and obviously you agree. can't you can't stop it because at 18 you're an adult and you can do whatever you want so I don't think there'll ever be a time when they they do actually stop it mm. but at 18 you have not ridden a bike for long enough even if you've been riding since a kid but you haven't been on a, a big bike and yeah had on big a big crashes. circuit yeah. yeah so when I went to the TT I've been racing thousand cc bikes for 10 years on short circuits. Yeah, and you've had crashes, like small crashes, big right, crashes. Right, you, you learn by your mistakes. Yeah. That's the big, probably the biggest thing is, generally speaking, with racing and lots of different other sports, you learn by making a mistake and going, okay, I need to not do that again. Even doesn't just life. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter how many people, how many times people tell you, oh, don't do this, until you, you'll still do it eventually, yeah. and then go, yeah, all right, I need to not do that. Well, I did that in probably the safest environment you could be, which is inside the British Superbike Paddock, on big bikes with mega fast riders, but on pretty safe circuits. I know British circuits are not the safest in the world, but they're still pretty safe in a yeah. fairly safe environment. Compared to roads. That's where I made all my mistakes and, and learnt. Whereas if you're 18 and going to the TT, there is no margin for error. What, have you done like four years on circuit? Like, well, not even that, not you even... can't even ride 1,000 until you're 17. Exactly. So you maximum you've had a, a year on 1,000. It is not enough. It is just not enough. And even a 600, you can't ride 600 to your 16. So if you go at 18, you're still only be riding a 600 for two years. Mm. In my opinion, it's not enough. Yeah. But, and I say, McGuinness has had the same thing. But yeah. for me, going to the TT at 27, race 1,000cc bikes for over 10 years, racing the British Superbike Championship yeah. for a long time at that point as well. Eight years, I think I've been riding in Superbike Championship. And I decided, even at that point, I decided to take a stocker to the TT, yeah. not a Superbike. Because I wanted it, the, I wanted to be boss of the bike, not the bike boss of me. Yeah. Superbikes are so hard to ride. People do not understand. Like, I'm pretty sure people will be looking at the times here this weekend in particular and going, oh, look at the Superstock times, because they're really close to what mm. we're doing on Superbikes. And you think, oh, well, you take the front rear Superstock bike rider, put them on a Superbike, and they'll go faster and they'll blitz everyone. It's and it just doesn't work like no. that. They go slower, because the bike's harder to ride. It's harder to set up. It's more aggressive. It fights back at you all the time, whereas the Stockers really don't. They're still a hard bike to ride, don't yeah. get me wrong. But compared to a superbike, they're a pussycat. Yeah. Superbikes are lying. That's right. that's literally how it is. They are night and day different. It is unbelievable the difference. So I deliberately took a superstock bike to TT so I could be boss of it. Yeah. And all I had to learn was the track. Yeah. And that's how I did it. So I raced it in the superstock class and I raced it in the superbike class, but as a stocker. Wow. Yeah, and it's that I think it's that maturity and that experience that I'd had that had led me to that decision yeah. at 18 would I have made the same decision eh. if someone said oh you got a bike or a stocker you'd have probably gone I'll take the bike because yeah. you just would because you're 18 yeah. and, and you're... also at 18 like yes it doesn't matter how much you want to think like this is what I want to do I want to go racing you're also going to be thinking well I can I can go out to the pub now so I can do <laughs> yeah. no but it's true though yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. will be prevalent yeah. everyone's it's... different aren't they I mean yeah. I was a really quite a grown up 17 18 year old um, but a lot of people aren't. No. 
uh, and I think it really does depend on the person a lot as well. But yeah. at the same time, I think there should be a minimum amount of high-level short circuit racing before they allow riders to go to the TT, in my opinion. And that's something yeah. that I had in abundance of before yeah. I went. And I think the proof was in the pudding. That's why I was so fast. That's why I was safe. Yeah. And, this and is so did right you now. not feel that pressure as such? Because no, not at all. Done it. So you went into it thinking, this is another one. Yeah, <laughs> go do some big wheelies and big skids and, yep. and have a massive smile. And to be honest, you know, I still want to, I want to win races. Do not get me wrong. But when I turn up at the TT, I am there to enjoy myself as you much as anything. You can't do it. You can't. If you, don't. If, you, if you have that thought of, I need to win, it's it just brings a whole world of problems, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm dead chilled out and relaxed anyway. So. Yeah. What? Why are you? Because so, you, you will say, and anyone who speaks to you, you will say itself that you are so relaxed, so laid back. Why? Do you, was there something that you thought went? I thought my control, like, fuck it, why not? Or is it just yeah. natural? Uh, natural for me. I'm just yeah, not a worrier. So I don't worry about anything. I don't overthink anything. Give me some of what you're taking. <laughs> honestly, I just I've always been that way. Like it's just it's not something I've had to train myself to do or anything. I'm just it's not that. I, it's not a no fucks given kind of thing, no. but, it, but it almost is. Yeah. Like, it's fairly close. You, you're very select on what you would give a fuck about then. Yeah. You know, not yeah. every minor and, thing. And, and even at that, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Like, whatever's happened has happened. I can't change it. Worrying no, about it doesn't change it either. And that's how I've always been. So yeah. I think that relaxed approach in particular works really well for TT. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, jumping a bit forward, so... You haven't really done many. You haven't done many podcasts this year, have you? No, actually, uh, I get asked like probably weekly to do podcasts. <laughs> I'm a favourite. <laughs> yeah. Um. Most of the time, my biggest issue is time. Yeah. I just I don't really have the time. It's not so bad here in a race weekend. We're doing it in the evening. Kind of most it's of the, the day's done. I've had my debriefs. So I've been and had food. I'm. It's not. not I can hungry. do. I can do it like this. Yeah. yeah. Trying to get squeezed in in a week somewhere or on a, in a day is just hard work. Yeah. So you haven't really spoken about the TT in the Northwest this year. No, not really. No. So let's obviously let's focus on the Northwest because it happens there. The last two years um, have been eventful. Fucking carnage. Um, <laughs> I did like a last night this happened and recapped it, and I just I just kind of had to skip through it because there was so much going on. So obviously last year there was a car gate. I won't, gate. I won't ask yeah, yeah, too yeah. much about that. Obviously. Yeah, it ended up in a gate as well, I think. Or was it a wall? I think it was a lamppost. I think it was a wall, wasn't it? There's a garden wall, I reckon. Fuck no. Anyway, yeah. we're moving on from that. <laughs> I actually um, wouldn't know because I wasn't there. Not that anybody would believe thank me. Thank you. Yeah, you won't believe me. Rumour anyway. mill can shut up. Yeah. Um, It'd be boring though, wouldn't it, without a rumour? Yeah. Um, mm. Where was I going? Right, so obviously then last year as well, you had the Dunlop issue. Yeah, Dunlop. Tire gate. Car gate, tire gate. Then we had yeah. real gate this year. Yeah. So going into this year and you had all that shit, you know, <laughs> car gate, it would have just caused carnage in the team. I, I doubt it was a nice atmosphere. It was fine. Yeah. It, it was what it was. Yeah. You know, the police were actually really good. Yeah. They were spot on. They thought it was me to start with, as everyone did. They come and wake me up in in here. I was in here asleep. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. Basically, having people knock on the window, and I thought it was the team oh taking God. the mick. So I was telling them to f off, like, because I thought it was all my team yeah. just trying Bit to wind me up. But no, it wasn't. It was the police. So, named, no, I'm joking. Yeah. So when so when we got I got out. I actually entered the door naked because obviously again I'm not you're much not of a warrior. You're not helping and the then realised because I thought it was the team and uh. then realised <laughs> there was three police officers sat there. I was like, uh, okay, I'll put some clothes on. <laughs> so, um, but they were all right. Yeah. You know, they breathalyzed me straight away because obviously really? that Just... yeah that was pretty much they were like you've left your car and I'm like what are you talking about? I've got so I literally had no idea. Yeah. So um, they breathalyzed me, then realised I wasn't drunk, and was like, "Oh, he's actually telling the truth." Telling the yeah. truth. So um, yeah, you that... guys can shut the fuck up now. <laughs> at, that point, at that point, at that point, their their attitude kind of changed. Then they were like, "All right, so we're not dealing with what we thought we were dealing with." And then, yeah, the driver went in in the morning and sorted out with the police, yeah. and job was a dream. Yeah. That was it, done. Yeah. So from the team point of view, it was kind of like by twelve o'clock the next day, it was all sorted and done. Yeah. So we were just going to carry on racing, yeah. get head down. And that's but you it. couldn't really carry on racing. We couldn't, you? but we did break that record first, so that yes, was yes. A, a small bonus that we did. Get. I mean, at least you could come away with that. The last thing you'd want is to like come away and be like, 
so much has happened. Like, we couldn't even ride. It's yeah. unsafe. Fuck, what, what did we achieve? Like, yeah. you know, at least you've got, you had that in the bag sort of bit. Right, fair enough. Put my hands up and that's me done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously the tyres had, had a bit of an issue. Mm. Uh, but we did break that record first. Little silver lining. But, uh, but yeah, then, then obviously I had the tyre explode. I actually had the tyre explode on me at 197 mile an hour. Oh, that makes which was sick. not ideal. Um, what was so, going through your head in that moment in time? Well, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what had happened. I thought there was something that happened to the engine or the gearbox, because it literally just all of a sudden just shook its head off. And I didn't realise it was the tyre until I stopped. But fortunately, the actual tyre, the tyre didn't explode, it delaminated. So um, we're actually really lucky that the Dunlop, the way that the Dunlop tyre is designed means that even if it does delaminate, it stays together. Right, okay. And a lot of other tyres don't do that. Yeah, because the whole thing was that everyone thought, said it was like in pieces and stuff. Obviously that's yeah, right. which it kind of was, as in so a lot of the rubber had gone. But like, if you look at what happened to Top Rack recently, yes. and his didn't delaminate, he did something else, but immediately he crashed because it came off the rim. Yeah. The Dunlop, none of the Dunlops that, that had the problem came off the rim. None of them. They stayed. They well. all stayed together, which allowed all of us riders to actually stop the bike and not With, fall off. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, there's probably a bit of luck in that, but also it's because of the way they designed the tyre that meant it stayed together, right, even okay. when there was a problem. <laughs> so, in my head, there was obviously loads of talk then, TT and what's going to happen, this, that, the other, and then I was actually probably the first rider to find out because I'm a Dunlop ambassador, but they rang me while we were at the TT and just said, by the way, we've pulled all the rear slicks. So you can, right. run, a, you can run a slick front, but you can't run a slick rear. You've got to use the super stock tyre, so the treaded rear tyre. So did you, what yeah. did you go for? Did you go for that? Yeah, well, so, so they were like, we want you to know, um, what are your thoughts? And I said, well, in 2018, I did a 34.4 on a super stock bike with a treaded front and rear tyre. So I was like, to be honest, I'm not Doesn't too bothered. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, there's only, at that point, two, there's only me and Dean had ever done over 134 mile an hour anyway. So I was like, eh, yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Like, it's the same for every Dunlop rider. In my opinion, the Dunlop's still the better tyre, yeah. even as a tread. And actually that year, Dunlop won every single race with a treaded rear tyre and no other brand ended up winning a race. So that just kind of proved the point of how good the tyre really is. Yeah. It was just a dodgy... It was a dodgy batch or, or dodgy whatever, batch, or yeah. there's something had gone wrong in the in the manufacturing process. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. Like I said, look what's just happened to Pirelli with Top Right. Yeah. So it's it can happen to any of freak thing. Yeah, it just it yeah. is what it is. So with with all of that from twenty two coming into Northwest twenty twenty three mm. obviously Wheelgate. Um yeah. what was your sort of mindset? Do you think fuck it was last year, crack on? Yeah, 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 always. Yeah. yeah, you just got to crack on with what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, don't dwell on the past. No, so then we get Wheelgate. Then we get Wheelgate. Right, what? Right, so when I when I first saw <coughs> it, I was livid because mm. obviously you know we get, we as the public kind of got told that it was done at the it was sort of mentioned at the last minute. Well, it was the bike was on the grid. Yes, this is what I do. <laughs> this is what this is what really baffles me, and I'm always going through your head when someone when they like touch you on the shoulder went. That's not okay. Like, what? What well, was that process like? Um, frustrating for a start. Yes. But they, they couldn't get their head around their own rule, so their own rule contradicted itself. Yeah. That was the problem. But not only that, we'd ridden there for two years previous with the same wheels on the same bikes. And also, like. And not only that, we'd actually already had that conversation with the organisers in the two previous years, two both seconds. years. That this is how it is because you can't get anything else well, with this bike. Funny, but isn't there like there's scrutineering? There's people. There's, there's scrutineering, but scru- scrutineers are there to look for safety stuff right. more so than technical infringements. Yeah. Okay. So, so when the bikes are going through scrutineering, they wouldn't really be looking to see. Oh, that's Yeah, they're, they're making sure the brakes are on, the wheels are yes, tight, yes. that sort of stuff. So they're looking for safety stuff, not technical stuff. But you would have had warm up by then oh we've had warm-ups qualifying it wasn't a hidden yeah. fact it was no, a... no 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 and, and in fact when it even happened on the grid <laughs> what i thought was really funny and proved a massive point was they had the marshall bike sat there with carbon wheels sat in it Fuck. because it's a standard yeah. wheel because i was like literally went how they come out the yeah like that's how it comes out of the factory they're like there's your bike that you're using as a marshall bike it's got carbon wheels in it and they were like oh i'm like yeah <laughs> 
There is then other arguments saying, well, actually, for the M1000, there is a forged aluminium wheel option, which at the time they were available to order. However, none were produced but it, it at the time. Standard. Yeah, so so standard is still carbon. Yeah. But you can at the time you could then order the bike with forged aluminium wheels if you wanted. Right. However, there were no forged aluminium wheels made at that point. So regardless of the fact you could order them, you couldn't what, get them. They want them. you to sit. Yeah, they didn't. Out? They didn't exist because I saw lots of people on social media going, "Oh yeah, but you can actually order it with a forged wheel." And I was like, "Yeah, you can. See if you can go get some because yeah. you can't." Yeah. If, you, right, if you get them, bring them to me, and I'll be amazed. Yeah. yeah. So then the next thing was, well, how come Sealy's on exactly the same bike? Right. This um, is this is my exact issue. Like yeah. It's one so he was on the same bike as us, um, but was using completely different wheels. So not standard wheels and not the forged. So the modification happened. Yeah. And the argument was, well, oh yeah, but they asked if they could run their wheels and we allowed them. But you've, you've spoken to them for two years. Well, they already knew, yeah. But there you go. Mm. Politics for you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah so obviously, time. you know, Faye absolutely hit the roof as, as I'm, yeah. you know, she spent a lot of money and, to go yeah. there. And yeah, was obviously not very happy no. and decided to pack the whole team up and go home. You and I genuinely think they thought that she was fibbing when she said that. And she was like, no, 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 I will pack the team. If you don't let me run, then, then I'm Good packing the team. Um, right, because I'm not being funny. You're such a big team that sort of exploded out of nowhere. It sort of mm. came out. No one was really expecting it. Um, and you've brought this massive fan base. Like, mm. they haven't yeah. kicked themselves. People want to see yeah, more bikes out there. You know, yeah. It was, yeah, it's not good, really. Yeah, I, I think they thought she was that she was calling their bluff, and she really wasn't. So, I, so when I it happened, she was like, "Okay, no worries, I'll go." Home. And I she really packed up, and the truck was gone that night. And so you stayed because you had your PHR. Yeah, so I actually asked Faye if I would, um, if if she was okay. Because bear in mind, I am an FHO rider, regardless of anything. Anything actually. I am is... contracted to FHO, so she is my so boss. Soul. Yeah. So, um, I'm running obviously my own super twin and my own super sport bike. Yeah. But that's with her blessing. I have to ask her. So I just said, look, would you mind if I still race my Super Sport and Super Twin? She was like, yep, yeah, absolutely no problem at all. You do whatever you want to do. But the the Super Bike and the Super Stop Bike is going home. We're going home. So I was like, fine. Valid. No problem at you all. You know, you were in your rights. Yeah, and the Super Bike was legal, as in, <laughs> so was the Super Stop Bike. But anyway, the Super Bike didn't have carbon wheels because you're not allowed to use them in Super Bike anyway. Yeah. But the whole principle was around the stocker. So she was like, no, nah, if you're not doing that, we're taking the whole team home. So why, that, why do that's why the Super Bikes... That's why the super bikes didn't run, because right. again, I saw a lot of people questioning why the super bikes weren't out there. But the super bikes were legal, yeah. as was technically the stocker, because the rule is you have to run standard wheels. Do you reckon you guys would be, be going back? Uh, I don't know. Is my yeah. answer? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Would you? Okay. If Faye came came to you this evening and was like, right, mate. Um, no, she didn't speak like that. But... <laughs> she definitely didn't speak like that. All right, mate. Like a deep south. Um, I grew up in Kent, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> I never noticed. Came... <laughs> Bullied. Right, so she came down. She's northwest next year. I'm mm. a cow. Which one are you going for? No, oh, yeah, but they're at different times of the year. You can't put that one out. One or the other. Well, we're doing Macau this year. so I'll give... Are you? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing Macau. Yeah. Yeah, so we missed Is last that a free year. rider team? Or is that... It might be. Oh. Your name drop. Can we... I don't think I'm allowed, am I? <laughs> I don't know. Tell me after. <laughs> um, well, apparently it is going to be a three-rider team, yeah. Yeah, because that's sort of been floating around. Mm. Like, on the rumour mill. On the rumour mill. On the rumor we mill. love a rumour mill. We, do, we are going to get onto the rumour mill. Like, we're going to jump a bit. Um, this rumour mill, that, um, if anyone knows, I've seen BFB, they're surrounding everyone and anyone. Um, obviously... There are, has been a few times there's like rumours and whatever where people people like to have names in their mouth. Um, you know, and there's been times where you would have come up. Okay. Right. Has that ever affected your racing? Has ever anyone ever gone? Have you actually done that, or are you, or have you just gone, oh, fuck it, I can't be bothered? Like. No, normally if it's a really good rumour, I go, yeah, 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 that happened, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that that just makes me laugh. Because then I walk away, and I'm like. Ee. And then they go, oh, yeah, I'd go to it. Yeah, like, if it's a good rumour, I like to, like, yeah, add to it a bit. Okay, I like, I'll write that. Yeah. So you just, you just don't give a shit? No, nah, not really. I'll write People that. will talk about it whether you want them to or not. You can't control it. That's, so this is where I go back to that I don't worry about things I can't control. If I can't control it, why worry about it? 
I've just had an epiphany, thank yeah. you. Well, because there's no point, worrying doesn't change what will or won't happen if you can't control it. You yeah. can only control what you can control. So, yeah. I love a good rumour, though. I've worst? started half of them. <laughs> now I haven't. What's the worst? What I should do. What's the worst one you've heard? Oh, I don't know. You, can, you can't say anything on this. I don't even know, to be fair. I've got a bit of a mind blank right now, but there's, yeah, there's always loads in there. Right, just come to a BSB, wander around the paddock, ask about Hickman, and then you'll get paddock. Yeah, you'll probably get Yeah, you'll probably get yeah. I've heard some, some which is quite Have you? fucking hilarious. I'm not sharing yeah. them. Yeah. Moto Antics on an evening is probably a funny one, because. What? Moto Antics on an evening. I reckon that's probably... Yeah, there's loads of rumours about that. About who I have in here or don't, or oh. whatever. That's always good fun. I'm just going to get absolutely... Well, the thing is, I'm no... going to get mobbed when I walk out. Like, you wait, might wait. Be, yeah. <laughs> like the press. Yeah. No pictures, no pictures. Yeah. Well, I have an open door. Like, I have so many friends. I'm just like... Oh, like I never lock the door. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> just come in. Like I've always said to everyone, like everyone who knows me, I'm like, don't knock, just walk in. It's fine. Yeah. That's I've Valid. always been. So it doesn't bother you. No, you just find it enjoy it. Yeah, I find it funny. Brilliant. Some of them are some of them are true. So some rumours you're kind of like, oh yeah, how did that get out? That's awful. It's like oh shit. Yeah, you and then there's some too. that there's some that are just like so far out there, and you're like, how has someone even got to that? Like, <laughs> it's like there's like Chinese whispers, and then there's just changing it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. The Chinese whispers it ends up getting exaggerated by one person to the next, and then they exaggerate it a bit more, and then. All of a sudden, it turns into something it was, it was nothing about, but yeah. I'm <sighs> not going into detail. Anyway, so before we go on to TT, mm. obviously, before the Northwest, I've kind of done this in a weird order. Boho pops onto the scene again. All right, mate. Um, we're going to, we're going to, you know. Run a team. Yeah. yeah, we're going to run a team. It kind How? of, yeah, it didn't really happen like that. No, I'm, I'm very aware. <laughs> um, so obviously, there was like the Smiths Exchange. Yeah. Um, if. Bay hadn't come with a big old wallet, mm. right? What would we have done? Yeah. Not a clue. <laughs> I really don't know. No. No, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what Smiths would even have done either, because you know Smiths had been around for a long time, over ten years in the British Superbike yeah. paddock. Spent a lot of They've money done here. So much. Spent a lot of money here. Spent a lot of time here. Built a really good team. And as much as they kind of got to the end of the line of what they wanted to do in bike racing or in the British paddock and tt and stuff they didn't want to see the team that they'd built just Destroy. disappear to nothing yeah. they're like it's taken so much effort to get such a good team they together for nothing almost, yeah like. they were like we don't really want to just let it go and it for a couple of years before it finished there were there was there was rumors of well it might be our last year or but then every time it was always like ah but the team's so good now we like need, we need to continue they actually sponsored the team in yes. 2020 so we'd raced i'd race in macau under or with FHO sponsorship but on a Smith's bike in 18 and 19 and then she actually sponsored the team in 2020 in the British Superbike Championship there was no Macau that year because obviously Covid and all the rest of it Um, but she sponsored the team in 2020 so if you actually look back at the photos from 2020 you will see an FHO sticker on the Smith's bike. It looks, I'm going to zoom in on every photo. It looks very tonight. different to the logo that it is now oh, because really? she never had a logo so it was just an FHO racing sticker that she'd made up. Oh, brilliant. Um, or we made up for her, I think, actually, is how it works. Because she was like, well, I don't know what to put. And we were like, well, how do you want to... So we, we came up with FHO somehow, or someone did, and we made a sticker and stuck it on the bike. It was literally just an impulse like that. Yep, pretty much. Brilliant. So um, because of the rumours that, that had come from Smiths over a couple of years, we knew that Smiths wanted to finish if they could. Um and Faye had mentioned a few times that she would really like to have her own team, but she didn't know how to do it, and obviously it'd be a lot of money to start up and all the rest of it. So me and Daz kind of had a chat together and went, why don't we propose the situation of Faye taking on the Smiths team? Because that would be easier for her. There's a whole team sat there already. There's all the personnel. There's all the infrastructure. And it also allows Smiths to back away, but keep the team as it was. So it kind of killed two birds with one stone, really. Yeah. And we managed to... We had a discussion about it. We thought it was a great idea, <laughs> if it would work. And then uh, we spoke to Faye about it, and we spoke to Smiths about it, mm. and then they all kind of got together and chatted about it. And How's, how's it, much changed? A fair, a fair bit, yes and no. A lot of the infrastructure's similar. Um, a lot of the personnel's similar. Um, but things have been moved around, and people have been moved around, yeah. so... Um, but there's still a lot of the core people that started 
Like you, you uh, well, yeah, I mean, I mean the, the risk really for me was, you know, I helped the team become FHO Racing, if you like. But she didn't have to keep you on She didn't have to keep me as a rider. I'm, you know, riders are cannon fodder at the end of the day. Yeah. We are like, yeah, you get a one-year contract if you're lucky. Yeah. And that can only last two or three rounds if you're no good. So it was it was risky but not risky because I was just help, helping broker something that I managed to keep a team going that I just so happened to be in at the time. But again, I didn't have to stay in the no. team. That wasn't a, and that wasn't a given when it all happened. Yeah. Uh, I've just been lucky enough that, yeah, yeah, three years later, I'm still here. So I'm obviously doing something right. <laughs> and you've been signed for another one. Yes, signed for 2024 as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you always asked for a fast teammate to push you. Yeah. So, you know, you've had quite a few different teammates in and out. Hmm. Then Josh Brooks got signed, and he yeah. really... He's really fucking pushed you. Yeah, no, it's been good. Well, he's been yeah until this round. I think he's beaten me yeah. in every race bar one. Yeah, and and I'll be honest, I was actually quite shocked when I saw where he was today. Yeah. Um. How obviously you said you wanted a teammate to push you, and mm. you're being pushed. Yeah. What what's going through your mind at the moment? So, so what's, with all these rounds that have gone on? Yeah. So what's been really interesting or frustrating for me? <laughs> Which just is what it is. You know, like I said, it's been no secret that I've always asked for a fast teammate. Yeah. You know, and from 2017 when I joined the Smiths team until this year, I can't, I don't know how many races that is. You'll have to work it out. But I've been beaten by my teammate less than five times in from mm. 17 until this year. And I've been top BMW in 17, 18, 19, not 2020. In 2021... And I think last year as well, I was top BMW in the championship. So not only was I beating my teammate, but I was beating all the other BMWs as well. And then this year, I've had a shit year. <laughs> this year, I've finally got a really good teammate. And not that the other riders were shit, because they weren't shit. You know, the teammates weren't weren't that they, they were shit. They were just not as fast as me for whatever reason and weren't being able to push me. Didn't gel with the bike. Or, or whatever it was. So yeah, there's, yeah but... there's loads. You know, and the BMW is quite quirky. It's quite hard to understand. Fucking beautiful. It's beautiful, <laughs> but it's, it's also a beast. That's what I care about. Yeah. That's so, nice. So, yeah, it's just been a bit frustrating for me that, that I'm like, Fuck. finally got a freaking teammate that's, that's at the front that I can learn off and, and like, we can bounce ideas yeah. off each other. And I'm having a shit, yeah. So is Josh quite open with you? Super open, yeah, yeah. As, as am I. Brilliant. That was one of the things at the start. And, and to be fair, the team were, were nice and even asking me if they thought if I thought Josh would be a good wow. candidate as a teammate. They really didn't have to do that. No, they didn't have to do that. And most of the time, you would never get a, an option. And I, I said last year that I thought it would be a good idea, you know. Because you even did podcast with Dom and Chrissy. Mm. And um, they put a question to you, like, if you had to have a teammate, who would you have? And you and Daz both said Josh Brooks. Yeah, I think we like yeah. way before. Yeah. And he thought, oh, yeah, and, and like, himself. and at the time Josh had been written off and like he'd had a couple of bad years. Everyone yeah. was saying he's done and all the rest of it. But he's finished. At the end of the day, he's two-time British champion. There's he, a reason he's there. Yeah, you don't forget how to ride a bike. No. So, so for me, I thought it'd be somebody who got a lot of experience and could hopefully help with the BMW and its finicky ways. That's the that was the idea. And and to be fair, I know he's having a bad weekend this weekend. But as a rule, he's been pretty freaking fast, which is good. As have I. You know, last year, I had a dodgy year, but towards the end of the year, I was fast. And yeah. in 2021, I was fast absolutely everywhere on the BM. So yeah. it's not that I can't be. Yeah. And there's loads of factors that change why you're fast or not fast, or other riders and teams as well, and bikes and manufacturers. But that's always the thing. It's such an evolving sport as well. Like even this weekend, you know, we've all been thrown a curveball that we have to use this super hard rear tyre. That basically yeah. no one had ever ridden before, and we have to turn up here and get on with it again. And like, notoriously, the BMW is horrendous on a hard tyre. Like, yeah. it's just not good for a BMW. But you know, I think the proof's kind of in qualifying today. I think BMWs were 10, 11, 13, 15, and 18 or something. Like, yeah, they weren't. They're just nowhere near because you can't get the rear tyre to do what you want. In the race, we're a little bit better because it's not about out and out one lap pace. Yeah. But even so, we str- we struggled. Yeah, we struggle with hard tyres, we just do. Yeah. Sort of jumping back, because I've kind of done this in a weird way, because as you're talking, I'm thinking of other things that have happened. That I Your list has basically gone to part, hasn't it? Fuck it. <laughs> it's constant. So I have got some things that I will stick from it. <coughs> um, 
last year. Hmm. Gosh, mine's back. Owen Park. Oh yeah. I wonder what you're gonna say. Yeah. Jason Gate. Um, Jason Everett Gate. <laughs> Gates everything. Um, when that personally, and I've always been open about it, I just think the attitudes from him as a person could have been handled better. But that's my opinion. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not trying to say to you, like, get you to rile up and be like, he's a fucking prick. No. <laughs> and and I, you know, he's a great rider and stuff, and I don't know him, but from watching that, obviously, I was a bit like, okay. But, yeah, but at the same time, adrenaline's running high, and yeah. you know. You know, he was fighting. He was fighting. He was fighting for a championship as well. Yeah. And and in his head, that was you know that was a massive blow to to yeah. his championship. So so he's got all that emotion going on yeah. as well as the adrenaline. You're gonna say things that you probably but I think you, had you might even regret later yeah. on. And I'm not saying he does regret. It. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he stands by him. I but... mean, there were some things that he had said in an interview that I just like wholeheartedly disagree with. Yeah, and I, I listened to it. and I just made me laugh. It, it, it made me laugh because <laughs> I sat there thinking, you're just wetting yourself over yeah. this. But he, I think he came back to come back of the century. He was post that F in Senna quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. Like, but what well, like, so my so my big thing with it was, you know, I had uh, not a great year, but we'd finally found something that was making us fast. You know, I just had a podium at Snetterton. Yeah. I was suddenly right back at the front again. I was on the pace, podium pace at Old Park. So I was like, we're in, in, in for a really good end of year. Yeah. Um, and I was fighting for a podium. Yeah. Like, if I was fighting for 10th place... Don't get me wrong. Where I where I passed him is a hard place to pass. It's super difficult. You got to be super accurate, yeah. and it's pretty damn fast. But there. you're also a sensible rider, so you wouldn't have got done it. Yeah, and I'd followed him from the majority of the race, and I knew he was weak there because I'd followed him. So yeah. I, so I knew. You'd learn it. Um, if it had been for tenth place, Would I wouldn't have made, I wouldn't have made the move. No. You know, but the fact it was. For a podium place, and that's why I was like, I'm I'm here for me. I'm not here for anyone else. I'm here for me. I'm paid by Faye to come and race and try and win. Yeah. So, and that doesn't matter if I'm fighting for a championship or not. That's what I'm here to do. So, regardless whether he's fighting for a championship or any other rider's fighting for a championship, makes no difference to me. A race is a race. I'm here to try and win. Yeah. And I was like, there's a podium place there. That's where I think I can pass him. In my head, I felt I could pass him cleanly. I would say it was a late move. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I'm not saying you were perfect with it. And like... I think he just didn't expect it. That was the biggest problem. He did not expect someone to be underneath him on the last lap. And he even openly admitted that he went wider to try and have a run on Bridewell because he was thinking about passing Bridewell into the last corner. I was like, yeah, exactly. You opened the door more. Yeah. So you've admitted. So I was it. like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and BSB tried to like. They tried to do their own yeah. reasoning of why I got done, and they're like, "Oh yeah, but the lap before you were 11 kilometers an hour slower." Mm. And I think I even said on the TV at the time, I, yeah. I said I was between five and ten mile an hour faster than him through that section, yeah. um, and they deemed 11 kilometers an hour, which is what I think what seven mile an hour or something. So I was about accurate. That was a pretty Close good enough. guess. Um, they were like, "Yeah, but the lap before you were uh, 11 kilometers an hour slower through there," and I was like, "Yeah." And they were like, "Well, that that lap you were." 11 kilometers an hour faster, so you obviously went too fast. I was like, Sorry, no. is there a speed limit sign on a fucking racetrack? No, the, the, the difference is one lap I was following him, and one lap I was doing the line that I could do and the speed I could do. That was, but anyway, yeah, it is what I'm it not, is. Yeah, I'm not trying to back you into corner to say certain things. Like. No, but that, that's, that, you know, that's how they saw it, and that was my argument back. But they'd made a decision. It was way too harsh, in my opinion, to get thrown out of a result. But hey, it is what it is. It's all done in yeah. the past. Um, I have absolutely no problems with Jason. Um, whether he has a problem with me, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think he has, but he might have. What's that? We were. It was, do you know what the worst thing was? And most people wouldn't have known this. The absolute worst about the whole thing is I've only ever taken one rider out before that really? in BSB, and it was Jason. <laughs> so it was, and that and that was actually a completely different situation. And. I didn't even, yeah, it was a completely different thing. Again, wasn't deliberate, and he'd gone down in another yeah. race. And it was years ago, it was 2016. So, but, about it. but he is the only other rider that I've actually taken out in BSB. Mm. But I've taken him out twice. You're horrible. Well, in theory, because actually, the old park, did I take him out? There's the debate. Right, we're going to jump forward again. So, this year's TK. Pretty well, didn't you? Yeah. Not too bad, yeah. Not too... T- not t- Sorry, you won four races. Yeah, yeah, there was eight races there. Oh, fucking hell. 
fucking right. You've literally got the title world's fastest road race. You can't sit and be like, I didn't win every single one no, of them. No, do you know what? We had a, we did have a good. We had a. It was a tough two weeks with the superbike in particular, but we had a really good. I'm not being funny. You got what second with a quick 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 shift problem. Yeah, quick shifter, no blipper, and yeah. Because, sorry, but... because the bike was basically wait so so when I said I had a brake problem, a lot of people thought there was like a fault in the brakes. It wasn't. It's was because the bike wasn't handling and it was shaking its head. So every time it hit a bump, there's a lot of bumps around Harlem. Just a bit. And, and jumps as well. The bike would do this, yeah. and every time it does that, the disc has a little bit of float in it. Right. It hits the brake pad and pushes the brake pad back into the caliper. So when you first go for the brake, there's... the pads go towards the ca- the disc, but they don't make it. They're not. So, there's nothing. So because they've been pushed back too far, so you have to pump the brake yeah and it was generally speaking three pumps of the brake before i got a brake so every time i went for the brake there was nothing i was like one two three now i've got brakes did you Which... ever think of just pulling in no but as soon as wow. i set off we'd had the brake thing already so i already knew i was already well aware of the brake of the brake oh. issue because we'd been handling having handling problems all week right so i knew that was already there so that was something i already had to contend with okay right the problem was, on top of that, I then had a shifter and no blipper problem. Okay. So we went off the start, and immediately I went to shift from first to second, and the shifter didn't work. And I was like, oh my god, this is going to be and a long started. race. Yeah. You still got second, though. We did, but it was it took a bit of time. It, there was so much going on, because the shifter was intermittent, so sometimes it would work. Oh, I bet it was a proper head fuck as well. Yeah, so it actually, it would have been better off if it just didn't work. Yeah. Because at least I knew what I had, but whereas actually sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. So were you so, just toying with it the whole time just to see what Yeah, so out basically it? I had to, I'd always shift where I watch a shift and did it as though the shifter would work. Right. And, then it, and then if it didn't, I had to keep the pressure on the lever to then dip the throttle to allow the gear to pass. So I had to get into a bit of a weird routine yeah. of... Hit it as though it's going to work. If it doesn't work, dip the throttle. Yeah, because we were watching, and it, you could see, like, the helicopter would come down, and you could see your hands were just moving differently. Yeah. Me and my dad sat there like, what the fuck? And then we, we finally worked out, and then you were um, in, like, part of OMA. <laughs> and you were like, oh, there's a quick shifter problem. We we fucking got it right! But, but to be fair, the shifter wasn't as bad as the blipper. So because yeah. the blipper wouldn't work at all, so I was like, uh, so I went off the start, down Bray Hill, yeah. up at the top. I was like, this is going to be a long race. And then I went to blip, and the lever was just solid. Yeah. And I was like, no way. Did you, did you... So what so the problem is, because I, um, I have a rear brake where you have it on a push bike. So you have a front brake on the right, yeah. rear brake on the left. There's a pull brake, like a scooter brake, they call it yeah. normally. And I have the clutch set up really high, because once you set off from the start, you don't use you the don't clutch. Need it. You go up with a quick shifter, you come down with a blipper, you don't touch the clutch at all. No. So, but the problem because of that, and this blipper wouldn't work, meant that I couldn't reach the clutch so i couldn't get down the box using the clutch so i had to manually blip which you can do it's, yeah. it's possible to do it's not a problem however it can be quite not. it can be quite dangerous because you have to get the blip just right otherwise it will go into a false neutral so we do or i was doing 187 gear shifts a lap at the tt so times that by six and i had to manually blip every downshift and sometimes obviously chop the throttle to go up but I never had uh, a missed shift the whole so, race, you, which was quite you, quite impressive to be fair. Hell. Under my own, I was like, I, I think I did quite well there. Didn't, I, didn't, I actually didn't fuck up once, but yeah. yeah. And on top of that, I actually did 135.4 on the last lap, so I actually got some. But it's because I got into a rhythm. Yeah. So like the first two or three laps, it was just hard work because I was like, the brakes are not working. It's shaking its head over all the jumps. It's the shifters sometimes work, sometimes don't. The blipper doesn't work at all. I'm like, yeah. I've got all this other things to think about as well as racing around the hardest course in the world at to over 200 mile an hour i'm like there is a lot of information and stuff i was having to contend with mm. and i think a lot of people probably would have given up i think there'd have been a lot of riders that have just parked it and, and not bothered so i'm again i'm not too stubborn to to do that yeah so i was always going to finish i just didn't know where i could finish because i was thinking, even in my own head i was like i have no idea if i'll be on the podium or not I think I dropped to fourth or fifth maybe early mm-hmm. on while I was trying to just figure out what is Getting actually yeah what is actually going on but I ended up getting myself into a rhythm even with the brake problem because I knew everywhere it was generally three pumps I wasn't even waiting for to feel it because normally you, you go for the brake and if you don't feel it you then have to go, go again. again instead I wasn't doing it I was going one two three like every right, time okay so you've 
Yeah, so I got myself into a rhythm. Even if the brake was there, I still did three pumps. Just because I just did the same thing every lap, so I knew I I was getting what I wanted. And I had to brake, obviously, early to do that as well, because you can't brake as late if you're going to have to, because you haven't got the brake. And yet, even with all that, on the last lap, because I got into a good rhythm, I managed to do a 35-4. And then, of course, people are going, oh, we can't go that fast if you had all them pumps, so you're just making it up. And I'm like, you just don't get it. But people don't get it, you know. The only, people, the only people who really know is myself and my team because they can see the data and they know what I had to deal with. Release the data. <laughs> Release the data. <laughs> you know, everyone else would kind of be, ah, oh, yeah, but he's just saying what he said because he didn't win. And I, you know, I didn't win. Yeah. But Michael was on fire. He was riding mega. And his, his bike was perfect. Yeah, well, might well, not have been, might well, not have been perfect. Know, but he yeah. was riding awesome. He had been all practice week. He was on fire. He won the first Super Sport race. He was on He was on that crest of a, of a bit of a wave and... It was actually really good to see, you know. Yeah. I, I said it to a lot of people. I'm actually, you know, oh, are you pissed off because Michael's winning? I'm like, no, but I want to win, obviously. But yeah, also, I don't want to, the... and I don't want to win by three minutes. Like, what's the point? Not you want the comp- you want the competition there. Otherwise, it's just a hollow victory, isn't it? So, so for me, I was actually really pleased that that Michael was fast, and it was a bit of a shame Dean didn't really get going until the senior, but he did yeah. get going in the senior. That was really good to see. So good. But yeah, it was it was nice to have have to get pushed. Yeah, obviously you came away from the TT. Lap record. Yep, lap record. How did that feel? After and winning the senior. How that yeah, feel? the superstar bike was mega. Just that, the bike, yeah, it was out of the box. Just worked. I think I did four laps on it in qualifying. That was that it. it. Yeah, because the bike was so good, and I was having so many problems with the super bike. I was just like, just park it. So I didn't. I didn't ride it after Wednesday. I don't think. So that's quite a long time. That's... Yeah. It was the Tuesday. So I rode it Monday. Tuesday I rode Superbike and it got red flagged and we had to stop early yeah. because of oil, I think it was at Barragara. Uh, and then Wednesday I rode it and went, I think I did 133 mile an hour on it. And I was like, yeah, the bike's good, just leave it alone. Yeah. Like, just leave that. Let's park that and let's just try and sort the Superbike out. And then, yeah, rode it on the on the Monday, I think it would have been, so after the first Superbike race. Obviously managed to, in fact, no, it was Tuesday because we missed the Monday. Yeah. Schedule's all different this year. It's hard to Sounds remember. Weird, yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, bike just worked really well, and just I felt like I could just do anything with that bike. I was, again, I was boss of the bike, not the bike boss of me, and Brilliant. that's the problem with the superbike. A lot of the time, the superbike bosses you about instead of the other it's way not around. What you want. And it's particularly there; it's definitely not what you want. Right, so coming back from TT, then jump straight back into BSB. It was yeah, not kill, and it all went wrong. And it's yeah, been good. you've admitted it. You sat there and said like it's not <coughs> what you've expected. Yeah. Um. What's going through your head? Well, it's just hard work. It just is what it is. Yeah. You know, Superbike Championship's super hard anyway. Mm. The riders are mega fast. If you're off your game by half a percent, you may as well forget it. Yeah. And at the minute, we're not, you know, I haven't been in the right... Not, I'm not going to say I'm not in the right frame of mind. I can't get the feeling I want from the bike, and I can't tell you why. I don't know what... Right, okay. I can't tell you what the problem is, because I don't know how to fix it. Okay. All I know is there's a problem. I just don't know how to fix it. And we've tried all sorts, you know, and, it, and it's not whether it's in me or not, I can't tell you. All I can tell you is the feeling that I have. And bear in mind, everything that you do with racing and racing bikes is all about feeling. doesn't matter if the data says it's right or wrong. The feeling's right, it's right. Yeah. doesn't matter if the numbers say it's right or wrong. If you're fast and it feels okay, it's right. Yeah. You know, but at the minute, I haven't got the feeling that I want from the bike, and that's what's hindering me. Hmm. And if you can enlighten me into what that is, that that would be great. Because so at the minute we're, we're, psychoanalysis we're, here. we're all a little bit lost. No, we're, no. we're getting better. You know, yeah. I've had a couple like of bad today, rounds. Today was a big yeah. Pickup. And brands were actually, you know, result, the results were not mega at brands. Don't get me wrong, but in time I was a lot closer. You know, Snetton, I was nearly at one point I was two seconds a lap off, which is mm. I finished on the podium at Snetton last year. So to then be two seconds a lap off the winning pace was like. Yeah mind blown and I crashed twice you know yeah, that was just, that was that was a shock to see I can't lie just yeah just not like me at all and both times I lost the front which I hardly ever lose the front yeah. and like that's going back to that I haven't got the feeling you know and every time I try to ignore mm. the feeling and just push beyond it and just go do you know what it's just me get your get on with it bang down I went so then I'm like no my feeling and what I'm feeling is correct but I just need to fix it I just don't know how to fix it. So, so you can't sort of work out if it's the bike or you? 
to me, it, it is the bike. But what in the bike, I don't know. And do you reckon that... I'm not trying to sit here and be like, this is what's going on. But, like, do you, do you think that sort of that feeling... Not a distrust in the bike, because obviously it's, it's built mm. well, but they, they feel something off with it or yeah. whatever. Do you think in the back of your mind, just sort of thinking, well, I won't do that, without realising you're thinking it, and then holding um, off? Yeah, you, you, yeah, you back off, because you just naturally, you have to... You, don't know you, go, you... you go with the feeling. Whatever the feeling is, yeah. that's what dictates how you ride. So... And like I said, I, at Snetterton, I tried to go beyond that and go, right, just ignore it. It's in your head. Just just get on with it. Josh is at the front. Yeah. So the bike's obviously not shit. It must be you. So like yeah. that's in me, I was just like, right, just ignore the feeling you've got or what you think is about to happen. Because that's what it was. I, was yeah. I kept thinking, I'm going to close the front. So then you back off. And then I was slow. Mm. And I'm like, well, Josh obviously isn't. So it got to a point where I was just like, just ignore what you're feeling. Get the fuck on with it. Yeah. And as soon as I did that, Bang, down I went. So I'm like, the feeling what I think is yeah. going to happen is correct. And it happened in the race as well. Because <laughs> it happened at Silverstone, didn't it? When they changed the tyres. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a completely yeah, different yeah, issue. No, but no, yeah, no, I know. But it, yeah. you, you said before on one of the podcasts, and you said, like, when that happens, you lose confidence in it because you're like, well, what if I, whenever you try Yeah, but then if, if you know what it is that caused it, it's not so bad. Yeah. So, like, no, we, I, yeah. so we know what caused that, and we're like, all right, well, that's now fixed. Yeah. Won't happen again. It's when you crash and you don't know why, which is kind of what I, well, both times it's left, and I actually can't tell you why I crashed because I didn't, in theory, do anything wrong, mm. and that's the, the problem. Yeah. When you don't know why you crashed, that is really hard to overcome. Do you think you put a lot of pressure on yourself? Yeah, I think everyone does, don't they? I do and I don't. Again, I don't overthink it, but at the same time, I also know what I'm capable of. I know what the bike's capable of. I know what the team's capable of, mm. and we're not where we should be, yeah. and that's Frustrating. I'll go back to the word frustrating yeah. rather no, than... No, and, and that's... You know, and it's really hard as a team and as a person. You've all got to keep your head up. Yeah. And it's really easy to start, like, pointing fingers at each other and going, oh, it's because you're shit and you did that mistake. And you did... Cause, yeah. Bear in mind, there's always little mistakes happening, regardless. There just is. That's just life. We're all human. We all yeah. make mistakes. So it's very easy to then, at that point, go, oh, fuck's sake, it's because you did that. And why haven't you done this? And, and, it... and it's super easy to point the rider because that's like dead easy for everyone it's the one that everyone sees so you've got to as a team you've really got to stick together and it's it's at the points where you're at your lowest that is when you know when you've got a good team or not you know and i had the worst weekend at snetterton mm. probably in my career really to be quite honest and faye gave me a contract for 2024 yeah at the end of snetterton so that just showed you what it also shows that they know what I'm capable of, yeah. regardless of results and what people see and go, oh, well, he's shit now, or yeah. whatever. They also know what can happen. Yeah. And that's what people forget in a lot of racing, I think. That's you know? such a nice feeling, though. So yeah. It, it's not And not it's stuff like that that then goes, yeah, you know, the team is behind me. They're not blaming me. You, see, you feel yeah. seen. Yeah. And that's all you can yeah. ask for, really, isn't it? And that's difficult to find, and you'll be surprised how many teams are not like that. Name drop which ones aren't. <laughs> um, obviously, the last two years you haven't been in the showdown. Two years? Yeah. Yeah. Was it showdown maybe? last year? No, I was, I was in showdown. Uh, no, I wasn't showdown last year, was I? No. No, no I wasn't. No. Did I finished ninth, I think. I think I was the first rider out of the showdown. I can't even remember. Been asleep since then. <laughs> it was a um, bad year, so I didn't. Well, yeah. It was a good end to the year. You know, I won a race at the yeah. end of the year, but it was a bad majority of the year. Obviously, that's in the past. That's you've moved on from that, and yep. you know, coming into this year, you're trying different things. Obviously, things aren't working out. What is in your head for the next couple of rounds? Because we've only got a few left. Yeah, we've got five. So we're just over halfway now, aren't we? So uh, we've done six rounds. Quick. Yeah, this is round seven. Um, we've got five rounds. Just got to take it as it comes. Mm. You know, championship way out for me anyway. Yeah. So you kind of like forget that. It's just race by race. Do what you can. Do the best you can. Learn whatever you can. That hopefully you can learn for next year as well. That's the other thing we're trying to, you know, push. You always got to think of the future as much as you've got to think of now. So, but we'll we'll just take each race as it comes. Yeah. One thing I always ask, um, my guests on the podcast is if you had to give advice to a certain group of people. Yeah. So for you, it's really hard. So if you had to give advice to a Let's go about mid twenties rider mm. wanting to go to the TT. Yeah, what, what somewhere around twenty five? You mean? Yeah, it's, you know, roughly the same age as yeah. you. 
what would you, what, and they came to you and they said, look, like I've seen what you've done, you know, this is where I'm at, you know, I, I've got some experience, you know, what what can you do to help me? What would you say to them? What would be the one thing? Don't run before you can walk. Massive thing. Mm. And do your homework. Yeah. But at, at the same time, though, and I've said this to a lot of, you know, even, I still, I still do laps with other riders. Yeah. Now, when Glenn came to, as a newcomer, I did laps with him in a car. Yeah. And like said, look, you need to watch for this bit. You need to be careful here. More because I want to keep people safe. Yeah. It's not always about being fast. It's about no. keeping people safe. Um, I'll always, you know, everybody that I, I have quite a few new newcomers always come and ask me stuff. And yeah. I'm like, please, they're like, oh, do you mind if I ask? I'm like, please ask. All right. If you've I got a question, just ask, and I'll tell you. You know, and if I can't tell you for whatever reason, I'll say. But but as I'm an open book, right? Yeah. And if I've got time, I'll take you around in the car. Yeah. You know, my TT schedule seems to get busier every year, but but I I did a few few car laps with people even this year, so just, oh, I just come over, can I have a lap in the car? Just <laughs> forget time; it's not a problem. It's finding the time that is the issue. But yeah, yeah I, I help wherever I can do. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing is don't run before you can walk. Do your homework, but at the same time, don't overthink it. You know, my friend Craig Neve, when he first went to the Manx, mm-hmm. he was. I went over with him to the Isle of Man at the time. I wasn't as busy back then. I'd done the TT, but I wasn't where I am now and doing what I'm doing now with my own business and all the rest of it. So um, I actually went over to the Isle of Man with him. Yeah. And we did a couple of days there, driving around and around. And we were on the plane going. He's watching. He was watching on boards. Then we got there and he was watching on boards. And then we were driving around the track. And then in the evening he was watching on boards. I was like, mate, you are overdoing it. Like the amount of information your brain's trying to take in, you can't do it. All. You just you can't do it. No. I was like, it won't. It literally will not sink in. So there is also an element of doing enough, but not doing too much, because you got to take up so much information, and your brain can only take so much in at a time. Yeah. So like I, when I learned the TT, yes, I did some laps with Milky and stuff like that, and I got some tips from a couple of different people. I did watch them on boards, but not loads. But when I went to drive it, I just drove it. Yeah. I wasn't thinking, oh, I need to be in fourth here and third there, and I need to brake here, and I need to mind that bump. I just went round and round and round. That little Ford Fiesta just Until went kept going. Until you finally got a feeling of yeah, what just, felt right there. I wanted it to naturally. I literally had the music on flat out, because I always have music on flat out. So you're lucky quite now, you can hear us, because I normally have the music on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just had, yeah, not, not overthinking it. I was just driving the course and just seeing it. And the my theory was the more I drove it, the more it would just sink in naturally without me having to think about it. I never did it in sections. I always did it in full laps. A lot of people do. That's how you ride a it. lot of people do sections and then they drive up and down, drive so up and down. That's how you ride it. You don't but ride I just, it. Yeah, I never. The, what what set it into my head was when I when I left school and went to work. I worked in a factory. It's about three and a half miles down the road. I know three and a half miles not very far, but I used to push bike from home to work. I'm back again every single day. Yeah. Once I passed my test, I then drove it every single yeah. day. I could now race a bike down that road right now, and I've not been down that road for I don't know how long. I could tell you where the lampposts are, the drains are, the jumps are, the corners. I know all of it because I just did it every day. So it, it became second in. nature, even yeah. though I wasn't trying to learn it, but it became something that you just know. So that was my theory of just going round and round the TT. So I just used to get a car, fill it up with fuel, and go round and round. Mint. Wow. Best luck for the rest of the season. Thanks. You know that you need it, obviously. Well, I don't know. I could do with a little smidge at the minute. Um. Okay. Where's well, a smidge of good luck for Smidge you. of good luck. Thanks. No, thank you for taking the time. I know it's been a long day. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, thank you. No problem Thanks at all. Thanks for watching. If you don't subscribe, I'll find you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Hope it's been informative. <laughs> They'll hate it. <laughs>